Thank you for joining us for season 25, episode 4. Sure. Is that right? Holy shit. Happy Jacks. Uh, Happy Jacks RPG podcast live from Gateway 2019. <laughs> How has the convention been for everyone so far? <laughs> Anyone play any games? 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 Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Eric, you want to come up and give us your, your thirdly uh, convention hey. attendance report? Hey. Yes. That's forty dollars worth of beer. All right, this is. Uh, who are you, and what do you do that makes famous? Well, I'm Eric Aldrich. I am. Because you see, they're still too big. I see. Heads lopped off. No, I'm Eric Aldrich, convention manager of uh, Strategicon Gateway uh, 2019 in particular. Right. And so I. So nominally, I run this show, but reality is everyone does shit, so, you know, what the hell. Um, yeah, I hope everyone's having a good time. So I, this is where I do my usual announcement of the numbers, and this time it's kind of indeterminate. We're going to be big. We may be the largest show we've ever run, period. We may actually hit the 2,500, but it's going to be really close. <laughs> really close. If we have a good day tomorrow, we'll hit it. If we don't, we won't. Okay. Nice and simple. So, well, you're about, almost at capacity hotel-wise, aren't you? Uh, no, capacity is about another three, four hundred. No, I'm talking about capacity as far as uh, gaming space. Oh yeah, yeah, we're we're close, we're close. Not a lot we can do. Things going good here? Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I got. So, good night, everyone. Thank you very much. So. Everybody, if you're watching at home right now and you heard that, get here tomorrow so that he can say this was the biggest <coughs> convention ever. Let's break some records, right. people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so just a, a couple of ground rules, the way we, we do this, at least we have this year. Um, we come up and you're going to ask you what games you've played in, if the GM's here and wants to talk about the game. Uh, keep the sort of the synopsis as quick as possible. One of the things I'm going to ask you if you don't, answer it ahead of time is what uh, what about the game went right either expectedly or unexpectedly and what would you change what went wrong what wasn't as interesting as you thought it was going to be or what did you anticipate happening that didn't happen that was sort of key thing that you kind of wanted to happen you know what i mean but what what changes would you make in your prep or what changes would you like to see if you were a player in the game so those are the two kind of questions we're going to ask you as we go so we start with friday night or friday afternoon did anyone play any games on friday afternoon that they would like to discuss or talk about or show one of you one of you Jason Mills, special guest here at the convention. And who are you and what do you do that makes you famous? Uh, hello, I'm Jason Mills. I I wrote a game called Demigods, and it uh, people like it, I guess. <laughs> uh, so Friday night I played a game called Decima, which is uh, a really... Uh, fantastic game that is structured around a tarot deck uh, that's customized to be able to tell character relationships, which is my favorite part of any game, and also the place that your game is set in. And so you can play it by itself, or you can play it as prep for like your D&D game or whatever, so you know what the town is like and who the NPCs are. And it's, uh, it's the R&D for your RPG, so you can uh, uh, prep whatever game. And so we played this game where um, 
the four of us. What, what was the exact setting? Um, uh, creator and developer, Kimmy. Uh, Hello. Um, we were doing a fantasy kingdom for that oh, one. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I got to play a very famous bard who, um, as we know, like musicians, he, he was very rich and famous and well-loved. Uh, so... Uh, and, and naive, and um, uh, all of these things turn out that somebody else was a like a, a pirate, and somebody else was like the the bishop of the church, and uh, and so uh, it was just uh, it was it was like every time we played deck, about all kinds of weird stuff come out. Like I've, I've never seen the same thing happen twice, and I've played it at least half a dozen times. So uh, it was really fun to get to play it again yesterday. Thank you. Woot. It's also very exciting because it's one of the games you can actually play in the bar here. And right. Because it's basically a card game. Yeah. Just need it. And napkins. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any, anyone else? Friday? Start the timer, Kurt's up. Yeah, make it short. <laughs> <laughs> make it like me. Oh. So, uh, Friday night, I played in Tappy's. I'm going to mispronounce this. I'm sorry. Tenra Bancha Zero game. Um, I will say this about it to be concise. Uh, we spent the first two hours on character, individual character preludes. Like e- every single player got their own introduction scene. I don't think I've ever had more fun. But you had you had character sheets. We had character sheets that were hilarious. They were awesome. They were great. And and we each got basically a half hour introductory scene, and it was amazing. Excellent. Woohoo! Yay! Was there a Friday afternoon games? Yeah. Okay. Oh, Friday afternoon? Yeah. Is it 8 o'clock kind of afternoon? That's after. No. Oh, that's after? Ah, uh, uh, sorry. Eight o'clock you messed up. Afternoon. <laughs> Pay attention, James. Friday afternoon. And who are you? What do you do that makes you famous? Hi, I'm Kurt. Uh, I'm on a podcast, and I wrote a game called Lighthearted that's available on Itch. You can go buy it if you go to itch.io and search Lighthearted. Um, So uh, I got to play in Mook's uh, GURPS game on Friday, too. He had us make characters at the table. Yeah, right? Uh, I was scared, too. But uh, Mook is a gentle lover and uh, walked us through the process uh, in the only way he could. Uh, He had a, like, eight-step process on five or six sheets of paper. uh, And in about two hours, we had characters. Um, so, yeah, so I was like a sextipede. I was a humanoid with octopus arms. Uh, we had a psychic snail hacker. Uh, it was, it was a good time. powers and everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. We were 300-point characters in two hours. Uh, fucking Mook is a champion. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not going to talk about the game, but he managed to pull that off, and I'm just that impressed. So, Excellent. I wanted to share. Cool. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah. Any more afternoon, fr- Friday afternoon, Friday afternoon games, Friday afternoon? Go. Hello again. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now, uh, Friday at 2, uh, I went down to the Games on Demand area uh, with tomes that many of you have known and many of us love. Um, he set up a multiple table game of... Uh, Fall of Magic. Uh, Five tables. Five tables playing. And there's not interactivity between the tables, but 
there were enough people that five different sets of people were playing Fallout Magic, um, and we had a really good time with it. It uh, it's got it, it's a gorgeous game. Uh, if you've never seen it before, it comes with a giant scroll map, and you go through and you move your tokens along on this journey, and where you land gives you a story prompt that then you narrate, and it's a lot of fun. It's a really great game. Um, I had a cool table. Everybody was nice. Everybody had a good ideas. And one of the keys to all of the super narrative story games is when you have a bunch of people around a table that all want to tell a story together and not one person that's like, I'm telling the story of how awesome I am. And the rest of you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> so, like, as long as you're on that page together, it, it was really fun. I had a really good time. And I'd, I'd love to play it again. We, we played it, um, and it went so far and so long that we just decided to chuck the game system all together and just make shit up. And by the end of the game, it was just freeform. And so I don't really know how to play it. <laughs> I, I'm hoping maybe I should maybe I should just read it and figure it out. But um, whatever happened was awesome. It was. <laughs> you woke up 16 hours later yeah, in a bathtub like full of ice, and you're like, "This was the best con game I've ever I, had." I was, <laughs> I was foaming at the mouth. Uh, they had to pick me up off the floor. Whatever happened happened, but man, it was definitely fall of magic. <laughs> Introduce the panel. Oh, oh should I introduce the panel? Oh, the that's panel? not a bad idea. Hi, my name's Stu, and. Uh, <laughs> Next to me is Chris. I'm Dave. I'm Tyler. Yay! Oh, that's and Kimmy. And Kimmy's on on the oh, wait, chat. Tyler, I know you. I'm off camera. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Uh, Friday evening. Damn. I don't know what that means. I was. Let me. I'll talk about mine real quick. Uh, I was. Uh, we we've been live streaming games. And uh, I ran an 8 to midnight game uh, called Cthulhu set in Napoleonic, uh, well, no, act technically Italy. That's so awesome. Because it was, it was during the early parts of Napoleon's careers as general. Uh, and the party basically had to go someplace to deliver some stuff. And there was a house with a bunch of creepy people in it. And uh, they got scared and they ran away. Uh, the game is going to be uh, sort of the, what the events of that game is sort of going to be integrated into the existing actual play campaign that we're running right now. So we're going to have uh, ask the players who were in it to write either letters or journal entries of the events that happened, and those will become props in the existing uh, 1920s campaign. So, is there anyone who wants to talk? Okay. Ladies uh, first. As. <laughs> Stay back, Stu. Stand against the wall. Podcast firing in the squad. corner. <laughs> Hello, Mary. Hello. And go. Okay, so I was playing the nun in this game. Uh, it was my first first Call of Cthulhu game. Um, I played in games where people were like, "Ha ha!" I'm referencing tentacles. So this was the first time I actually got the atmospheric uh, part of playing in Call of Cthulhu. And I am not a horror fan, but I actually had a lot of fun with this type of... It was more of a mystery-solving thing, except you didn't want the answer. Um, <laughs> um, 
and and actually had a lot more fun with that than I have with a lot of things that are labeled as horror. So if you're not a horror fan, but you like sort of mystery investigation, it's still um, a system and a genre that is totally worth checking out. Um, I, of course, got to play with amazing people because that always happens on podcast games. Um, and so I definitely enjoyed the table I was at. Um, I almost wish we'd been able to have six players, but I mean, there were some logistic issues with the table, right. with that tiny little table. Um, it is a wee table. Like if we'd been able to have a full six players, I think that would have been a maze balls. Um, but I mean, sometimes that's how the game goes. Really great players, really good interaction, really bad accents. <laughs> um, that's on brand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and honestly, I was just really delighted to get to play with everybody, and I had a lot of fun, and the game, time went really fast, honestly. I was like, wait, what do you mean that was only four hours? Um, I'm sure that, that we, we can keep going, right? So like that, that was really fun, except we couldn't keep going, and we were out of sanity. Um, uh, uh, what would you change? Honestly, I think the only change I would make is I wish we could have had a full table of six, and I totally understand why it didn't work, but just I think if we'd had a more even split between the French and the Italian... I think we would have had, I mean, Rob brought enough ego for three Frenchmen, <laughs> which I mean, I mean, that's a lot of ego for such a tiny body. But what about his character? <laughs> like I said, I'm not sure how much he was actually role playing, but you know, I felt it. I felt it. So it, it was here. Um, I, yeah. It's like, I just kind of wish more people could have joined in. Cause like it was, it was an amazing game. The only moment that was really dumb was like. The storyteller stepped outside instead of telling the rest of us to get out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did a sidebar, and it, I took the guy I was having the sidebar with outside rather than making the other people leave so the audience could hear fan- what the sidebar was. That's fantastic radio, <laughs> right. So, So we kind of switched halfway through the sidebar, and, and that was probably better theater for the viewers if there were any last night. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I was like super good game, really solid, good pacing, because like the only time it dragged was when we were standing outside going, can we come back in yet? Right. And I mean, we needed a bathroom break anyway. So, okay, so yeah. thank you. I'm super excited to start discovering the stuff that they left behind. Oh yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I'm super jazzed about that. Who me. are you? And what do you do that makes you famous? Uh, James Velez, and I travel here from Texas, so I guess that'll do be enough. Um, so I got to play in Stu's game, and once again, Stu permanently damaged my character. Um, first time he turned me into a vampire. This time he turned me crazy. I'm yeah. thinking he's, you know, too all. So Are you sure it's not you? We're not going to go there. Okay. Okay. So um, we had a great time. It was a blast. I got to play a Franciscan monk because as soon as Stu mentioned Napoleon era on the podcast, I, ca- I got that stuck in my head. And luckily he had a character I could convert into a Franciscan monk. And... Uh, the nun and I, Mary, uh, seemed to get along quite well, <laughs> especially when we were dealing with oh the Frenchman. <laughs> oh, no, no. It was more like the Frenchman. was. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was a really good Call of Cthulhu game, a really good tension, even though we were a little goofy, but it was more like that... Um, that nervous goofy, you know, when you know something's not right. Uh, the only thing I would change is, uh, I don't know, I think Rob's femur should have gone up farther his leg. But <laughs> <laughs> when he tried to kick open a door that had a bar on it. Um, but, yeah, other than that, it was a blast. Thank you, Thank you very much. <laughs> Who are you and what do you do that makes you famous? Uh, I'm Rob and I have poor jeans. So <laughs> apparently that makes me short. 
Um, so here's here's actually my thing. Here was move up. So, so, so here's actually my deal is I've never played Call of Cthulhu before. My expectation going into it was going to be like much more intense, much more, um, have like that sense of drama, that sense of foreboding. And, and for me at least, and I don't know if it was the character I was playing or what was going on there, that never developed. Um, and so as I was thinking about it last night, it, it was, we were running through something and then all of a sudden it felt very accelerated going, okay, here's all the creepy shit that's going to happen in like the last 20 minutes, right? Which, which isn't a shot at you by any means. If it was, I would tell you. Right. No, hold oh, hold it like a dick. Um, so, <laughs> so um, what? Uh, what? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Jim. I didn't realize. Um, so, so my my question to you, having having. Um, having now run in the campaign and having done a one shot, is Call of Cthulhu made for a one shot? It can be. Yes, I think it can be. No, well, enforcing tone. Enforcing tone. Oh, sorry. Enforcing tone is hard. You know what I mean? It is, especially a dark, serious tone. Because I mean, role playing games are a, a social hobby. People get together to have a good time. And in some ways, I think having that very sort of serious, like, creeping dread horror game is difficult to – it's difficult to maintain that tone because you're sitting around a table with a, a bunch of friends to have fun. So, I mean – and it's hard. I mean, there have been a couple of times where I've tried to enforce the tone in the campaign and kind of have to be a little bit of a dick to do it. but. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's it um it it's it's a difficult tone to maintain, and I don't even know if you would want to maintain it consistently through a four hour game. That might become exhausting. So, I, I think the tone in a one shot is hard, but Call of Cthulhu in a one shot isn't. If you lean into it, knowing you're not going to get that that perfect tone, right? Whenever I've done a one-shot, they've been hilarious. <laughs> and, um, but campaigns are not. Right. Because you can develop the tone over time. Yeah. Yeah, and you're seeing this transformative change of the characters in a campaign that you're not going to see. Because, I mean, one of, the, one of the things that we're going to – in the campaign that we're going to be exploring is how these people who all have established lives are going to ruin their lives over the course of their obsessive seeking of knowledge they shouldn't seek. So it's fucked up, man. Okay. It is. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited. I'm sorry, Dave. How Any much, other Friday how much night worse games? Than yogurt yeah, dogs. Is it gonna get? It's gonna get real bad. Ooh, I feel bad. You've got kids, so. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'll come home and they'll just be like, "Hey, Dad." Who are you? What do you do to make you famous? Come around over here. I'm Davio. This is amazing. You are what? You're, you're dressed. You're dressed up as. Well, thank amazing. you. Um. What makes me famous? Like, I am Davio. No, um... <laughs> yeah! Tyler tells the story of a LARP he ran where without letting the player know is that over a year they built up a fight club with the character that his sworn enemy that he had been hunting all those years was actually himself with another personality. 
And that was me. And I just remember Tyler saying, and this is what's going on. I'm like, give me a minute. <laughs> and I well, said it before, and I'll say it again. That set the bar for me as a GM or storyteller of how I want players to react to bad shit. It took me a moment. I'm like, well, fuck, okay. Let me butcher and eat everyone in the scene, and let's go. <laughs> um, on, really quick, on Call of Cthulhu, I, I run several games like that. One of the things I have found with environment is lighting, mm-hmm. music in the background. Sometimes you'll even do subconscious, like low level that they don't realize they're hearing, and slowly crank it up as the game goes. Um, the last one I ran, I also include some NPCs that were full PCs. As a blade of as the PCs dropped, I'm like, okay, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> yep, sorry. And um, really quick, I played Friday night in a game I'd never heard before uh, called Heroic Dark. Um, the, the person who wrote it is here. It's free on drive through RPG. $9 for the print. Um, Thank you. Booze. Words hard. I'm right there. Um, it was interesting. The entire idea of the game is that the players and the storytellers collaboratively, each one in turn, pick a different aspect of the world. Which is kind of weird to me. I'm like, what do people want to play? Well, you have to decide. And I played the wackiest character I've ever played, a 1950s scientists fighting the necromatic magic that was coming back from the dinosaurs rising up from a dinosaur mummy grave at the um, tar pits and I was bitten by a radioactive raptor and was trying to um, fight for my humanity because when you realize the undead raptor experience you realize the human experience (laughs) Um, it, (laughs) it was weirder than a TED game uh, sorry, reference. Um, it was wonderful. It was interesting. Um, I've gone to game conventions before, and Happy Jacks has helped me encourage to try new games. Cool. Thank you. And you guys have helped me so much with some of my gaming. <laughs> and my OCD demanded I listen to every back episode you ever did. I'm sorry. <laughs> Season three. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, what could have been changed? The game was brilliant. The um, person who wrote it, really good writer. I think he lacked a little bit in trying to explain the basic crunchiness of the rules. Um, and I think maybe if you're going to bring a new game and try and introduce people, have like a summary sheet of this is the basics. This is how the mechanics work. This is how you do things. And... Um, so that we don't have to sit there for 30 minutes of him trying to explain it. Right. But it's a really cool game. Elise, check out the PDF. Right on. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any other Friday, Friday games? Yeah, coming up. Who are you and what do you do that makes you famous? Hi, my name is Mo. Um, long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you. Yay! Uh, I uh, wrote a game called Shibuya Nights, and I ran it on Friday night as a registered game. Thanks, Jim. And uh, I had um, two. I had five players, uh, two people who played PPT game, PPTA games before, and three people who had never role played before ever. And um, 
So no pressure. <laughs> I, I did it for my team, and uh, everybody had a great time, and they really rose to the occasion and shown. And um, at the end of the game, they were like, so this is really cool, but you wrote this game. How do we get it? And I said, well, there's a Kickstarter on right now. So <laughs> here it is. And, uh, you know, so um, I, I have some... You know, new new backers, and Excellent. you know, it was a fun time. Um, uh, what's the, yeah. the what's the what's the? Sure. Yeah. It's a anime tabletop role playing game. Mm-hmm. So instead of being a fantasy tabletop role playing game, it's an anime tabletop role playing game. So you could play a mecha, you could play a pirate, you could play a samurai, you can play a thief, you can play a monk, and um, you know, you just have wacky adventures in this place uh, called Shibuya, which look a lot like uh, modern day Tokyo, mm-hmm. but. Set in the past, so no cell phones. That's kind of the okay. only rule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cell phones exactly. ruin everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ish, 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 ish. So yeah, it was a good time. Excellent. Yeah. And if people want to find out about the game, where they, they can go to shibuyanights.com and uh, S H U. Oh, how do you spell it? S- <laughs> It's like I, you put a mic in my hand and I can't spell S H I B U Y A N Knights with a K. Awesome. All right. There you go. Thank you very much. Thanks for both. Awesome. I, I ran something last night. Oh, go. No. Yeah. Uh, actually, I ran a couple things. Um, I, I ran Swords Without Master, which I had to think about because I always want to call it Stars Without Number, which is a completely different game. Uh, but they have the without. And so. Uh, we did this for Games on Demand, and uh, I absolutely love this game. Right now, it's one of my favorite. Last year was Ten Candles year. This year, it's Swords Without Master. I'd, I would play this game every day if I could. Um, and it's just a lot of fun. But uh, it's you, you play rogues that are heroic, and you get it's, it's a lot of collaborative storytelling. Um, and, and we had just a gonzo time last night. We have a, at least one player here. Two. Oh, oh yeah, I didn't see He's <laughs> oh, he's hiding. That you will? I see you. <laughs> Do you want to come up here and talk about your game experience? No. Okay. okay. <laughs> it must have been great. I mean, he's speechless. Absolutely speechless. What about Forrester? Do you want to chat about it? Came all the way down from Canada. Oh, you did? Awesome. Excellent. Back here. Kim, you'll say something. Who are you? What do you do that makes famous? A forest. Nothing. Discord. <laughs> oh yeah, Discord. And, I yeah. made the Discord. Yeah, and the Discord man. But like the Wild West was tamed by forest. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we played uh, Swords Without Master, and we were knockoff Conan's, and it was amazing. We were supposed to go and. Either kill or subdue the Winter Witch, and in the end, we sold off one clan's land to get the other clan's land, and froze a king with the Winter Witch, who was now our best friend. And the moral yeah. was make friends with witches. Yes, yeah. yes, every time. If if you can, do. That's just good okay. life. Hold, hold on, hold on. <laughs> and and how did Christopher screw up? Oh yeah, <laughs> the many ways. But the only thing was we kept forgetting to pass the dice back and forth, which is central to the game mechanic. But, I mean, I blame that on being tired, and everyone else should, too. Oh, okay. All right. So it's like a, a lending dice yeah, mechanic. The, uh, the way it works okay. is whoever holds the dice is p- basically the subject of the narrative. 
And you're supposed to pass them on, but we just kept talking. Okay. <laughs> I, I, get, I get that. Yes. <clears throat> so at 8 o'clock last night, I w- was strongly encouraged to play in a game of a town called Malice. Yes. Well, uh, I was told a little ahead of the convention, I will admit, uh, that I needed to break out my several years old uh, Quint from Jaws costume to come back and play this game. And the the premise of the game, it's it's generally about a small town in an isolated environment that's facing some kind of supernatural evil. Uh, And the town is attempting to both resolve that evil and to do some event to help continue things in the town. In our case, it was very similar to the town of Amity Island in Jaws, uh, but we were on Malice Island, uh, (laughs) because it sounds like a wonderful place to live. For copyright reasons. (laughs) Uh, But uh, we were having our big Labor Day spectacular, and all the business owners in town wanted to make sure that we got this off the ground so that we could keep operating. Um, but something out in the water had started to cause problems. Um, but I hadn't gotten there yet. Hold on. Don't spoilers. So, uh, so I had been asked to wear this Quint costume, which I will do at the drop of a hat because I feel like I'm 40% Quint in my real life. And I just love that character. Like I, I was walking down the hallway to my room, singing farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. <laughs> farewell and adieu, all sweet ladies of Spain. For we've received... Oh, I can keep going, but I'm not. All right. So We were all just going to let it happen. I know. <laughs> I was like, I liked it. At the, very, at the very end of the podcast tonight, we can finish with Show Me the Way to Go Home. How about that? <laughs> all right. So, uh... Right. <laughs> Oh, you want it? 1,300 men went into the water that day. Uh, Dave's so, just going to quote the entire film, too. I will, do it. I will do it like that. But uh, we had a really good time beyond that early premise uh, because it didn't turn out to be a giant shark. I didn't turn out to own a boat at all. I was a cafe owner. Uh, but... Yes, we needed a bigger barbecue. Was the the whole the whole thing? But uh, I had a wonderful time, and it was actually the first game I played Malice several times now, and it was the first game of Malice where we were fairly successful. Like usually, uh, I think you played it wrong then. Well, there, <laughs> no, what, wait, be, wasn't there a random murder at the end? No, it wasn't random at all. He deserved it, but. <laughs> That's why he said and successful. <laughs> but it, it, the, the, actually resolving the mechanics of the darkness and the, the event and all of that in the, in the game, that went surprisingly well for one of these games of Malice, where things usually go horribly wrong for everyone. Um, but <laughs> wheels had been set in motion uh, regarding eliminating Sheriff Brody because he was the one that wanted to stop our big barbecue event. And we couldn't have that. So. Sheriff Brody Cooks? (laughs) 
So, uh, unfortunately, he didn't make it to the end of the game entirely. Um, but uh, it, it was a blast, and I had a really good time with it, and it was an awesome table. It really Wait, was. was Sheriff Brody another PC? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For the record show, Kurt said, it's fucking me. Okay. Who are you and what do you do that makes you famous? I'm fucking Kurt, and I was Sheriff Brody in that game. <laughs> so I just want to point out. I just Yes, Sheriff Brody sucked. But he was fucking right. There was a monster in the goddamn water, and it was coming for us. And you, you all would have been dead. All would have been dead if I hadn't attempted to stop the barbecue that happened anyways, and then you murdered me for no reason. <laughs> totally wasted. How long did you argue with yourself in the shower this morning about that, that game? Less than an hour. <laughs> It could have gone better for me, I suppose. I don't know what else to say. Fucking why, man? I think you said it all. I think you said it I all. said wheels had been set in motion. <laughs> and, and you Oh, know, well, if wheels had been set in motion, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't stop you that. Looking? You couldn't just not kill Sheriff Brody. Probably. <laughs> Who are you wanting to do the mix famous? My name is Andrew Blokio on the forum, and I'm the one who murdered Kurt. <laughs> and Dave is correct. He did deserve it. Yep. Two out of three Kurt's agree. <laughs> uh, I've played a couple of games of Malice, and I've played a uh, whole bunch of RPGs, and this is by far and away the darkest game I've ever been a part of. Uh, it wasn't just that we killed Kurt, it was that we didn't need to, and it was very poetic. We kept him alive long enough for him to watch the fireworks as he drifted into the sea. Uh, but it was a phenomenal game. It was completely unlike any other game I've ever played. If you guys don't own Malice, you should. It is great. And uh, yeah, it, we. this is the first game of Malice I've ever played where we're like, sharks, Monsters? Nah, we need to get this barbecue. <laughs> a, a direct line from the game was, I don't care how many people die, we're having this barbecue. <laughs> but no, it, it was great. I, I, I would not change anything of it, and uh, God, I'm glad you died at the end. But, so, wait, 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 wait. Let, let me set the record straight. I was going to be the one who died in the end. I was going to take the bullet, and it was going to be a noble sacrifice. And Kurt's like, no, 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 I'm going to be the one who dies in the end. I'll, I'll do it. So we rolled, and then Kurt's the one who got to bite the bullet. Oh, and you don't get to be angry about that day. <laughs> and somehow I'm the bad guy. <laughs> okay. okay, 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 okay. So we're standing on this boat, and they have convinced... The, uh, the, the poor uh, Deputy Pouch, you monster, the sheriff, deputy. Quint's son, to yeah. come and murder me. So we're talking him down, and it is clear that Deputy Pouch is going to fire the gun. We argued about who gets the noble sacrifice, and I won the role, and so I got the noble sacrifice and fell over the boat, which should have been the end. But no... 
he grabs my hand like he's gonna fucking save my ass holds on to me and says you watch the fireworks and then fucking waits and then lets me go so it was beautiful it was like if this was a movie it would have been fucking gorgeous like the like us poor brody just sinking into the water as the fireworks go off the beautiful colors it would have been perfect fucking perfect but it was still depressing <laughs> I, I have oh, a couple questions go ahead though i i have to say lokio fucking is a hero because uh if you've never had to use the x card in a game something came up towards the end of the game uh one player introduced something that was uh, slightly uh confusing and off tone and definitely like something people at the table didn't want we did not have an x card out on the table and Lokio drew one and had slammed his hand on it before the rest of us figured out what had just happened. The rest of us were kind of looking at each other like... Uh, yeah, we were all uh, like, oh like, shit, we should say something. And he had already slammed the X card he just made. X-card and so <laughs> thank you so much for that. Excellent. I have a couple questions for both of the Daves here. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, Dave K., do you see what you have done? Are you happy with yourself? Are you happy? Okay, that's two questions. Are you happy with yourself? My other question is with for you. Sure. Okay, Dave. Um, I uh, scheduled a game of Great American Novel uh, by Christopher Gray. <laughs> and um, uh, completely designed it for Jaws. And I told you we are going to definitely do Jaws. And you requested it on this podcast. I believe it's recorded. It is. And, um, and, and you, you weren't at that game. I know. But when... Dave Kazay, uh, Dave77 from Monkey Fun Studios throws a game about Jaws. You're, you're singing in the hallway. You put on a costume and shave. I just want to know, um, I, I, my question for you, Kadeva, is, is that right? Did I get that story right? Why you bitch? <laughs> you, you got that story right. Okay. Uh, except I just couldn't be at your game. Why, Dave, why do you hate Christopher? Well, look why, at Why, Dave? What if... <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Touche. Well, look, I can answer. Dave77 is very insistent. He's also kind of dreamy. Yes, he is. You want to you come up? And... Been waiting. Huh? That's not waiting. That's lurking, <laughs> what he's doing. He wouldn't... <laughs> Don't open that door. Hello, Dave77. Hi, Stewie. <laughs> so yeah, um, I ran a t- town called Malice both last night and this morning. Last night was Cruel Summer, and it's available for pre-order. By the way, monkeyfunstudios.com/slash/malice. See, I can do it too, you little bitch. <laughs> you did it better, I think. And I'd rather talk about something a little bit more esoteric. So. Okay, I knew that Dave had dre- he had shaved off to give himself the Paul Blart mustache there, <laughs> and had the old outfit. And I said, "Okay, I really need to go in." So I came in wearing a a Hawaiian shirt with a white tuxedo and a white sailor's hat, and I was Captain Steve of the SS Mojito. Fucking Steve. Yeah. <laughs> And so we're sitting around, everybody's making characters, and then I want to point this hand to God on this one. We all just see 
this thing. <laughs> and w- for those of you watching or not or listening to this, I it was a hopping thing by the hallway, and then and then Dave goes, "There's a shark in the hallway," <laughs> and it turns out the hallway was Kimmy in a shark onesie. <laughs> That she wore primarily for not even to be in the game, but to troll the game. And then she came out, and then the and, and it was great because she's like going, "Look at my little fins! Look at my little fins!" And you're going, "That's very nice, Kimmy. That's that's great, you know." No GM at this convention. And so. No GM at this convention is more deserving of, of that level of trolling. Oh, no, no. No, I, I, I earned that. I know I earned that. From the luchadors who sometimes attack me during games to the sharks that sometimes circle the waters. <laughs> but it was a good game. And, um, you know, it, it really was grim because they already won. I, I know that sounds odd. But they decided, okay, well, we're going to have the final confrontation, and then they succeeded, and they said, we know Kurt doesn't have to die, (laughs) but we want him to die. And it's kind of like when you have children that decide, you know, we, you know, when they say, oh, no, I want to do a sociopathic act, and you're sitting there going... I gave birth, or I was involved in their their creation, and now I realized I got like Manhunter season three right here, <laughs> and all of them, and, and and all don't let them fool you, you know that you know you know Andrew and Dave and all of them, they're like going, no, nah, Kurt's got to go, you know they got, <laughs> and I feel uncomfortable about it because I realize if Kurt dies this weekend, it's me. It's on me. So, you know, it was a good game, and uh, thank you guys for playing. Thank you, Dave. They're they're hugging. He's he's hugging the dead man. (laughs) I like how it's Kurt and not the character name. Right? Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, about, right. about halfway through the discussion, uh, it stopped being it, about Sheriff Brody and it started being about <laughs> killing Kurt. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Brody was kind of an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? What do you do that makes you famous? Hello, I am Tomes. Wow. Uh, games on demand here at Strategicon. Uh, did you guys already talk anything about that no, yet? No, no, no. Yeah, I was. We, we were lost trying to find your new gorgeous tiny room. It's beautiful, <laughs> but full. And warm. Um, <laughs> so I'll talk real quick about Games on Demand so far, and then, uh, you know, I'll let you all to the rest of it. So uh, just uh, Friday at 2, we did a special session. We've been doing that the last couple cons. Um, and we did Fall of Magic. I think we had about th- four tables with about five, six people each or so- something like that. Um, Fall of Magic is that game you play on the scroll, if you've seen that one. Uh, it is my booby trap. I set that up in front of Games on Demand, and people walk by, and they see this game, and they're like, holy shit, it looks gorgeous, and that's how I get them. So, um, that's, that's how it works. But we, we, don't, we don't normally get to play it, and the game is not cheap. It's like a good $900 to pick up that game. But, um, you know, like it's made in America and all that kind of stuff. Good patriotic shit. 
<laughs> yes, 92, 105. <laughs> so anyways, uh, we got a bunch of people playing it, so that was cool. Uh, Friday at 8, we had a bunch more games, and then, of course, this morning and this afternoon was, like, bonkers. So just off the top of my head, we had... You know, Kimmy running Dekima, we had Kurt doing Lighthearted, we had Great American Novel, we had uh, Spirit of 77, uh, run by Mike Leader, um, we had Lady Blackbird, we had Hearts of Wulin, um, oh, there's another one off the top, uh, but anyways, like, a bonkers zombie world, that was uh, this afternoon. So, just a ton of games that were all pretty fantastic, um, I think I have run almost zero of them because there were so many awesome volunteers coming and running games. Um, so, yay. Oh, I did run one game just now, which is a playtest of The Outsider, which is something my partner wrote. So, like, uh, and so to that end, coming up, we have uh, a later tonight uh, after this podcast at some point, uh, Dave Kazay is going to be running Superhero Court, which is his little hack of Ghost Court. It's like the people's court. Yes, by Bully Public Games. By their game. Ghost Court is awesome. It is the people's court, except we have some combination of people and ghosts, you know, suing each other in court. Uh, you get to participate. You can be the audience and watch, but you can come up and actually, you know, be the defendant or the prosecutor or whatever on a, a case. Um, ghost or ghost? Ghost. Ghost Court would be a great game. Go Court. That's great. That's, yeah. <laughs> I think about two cases in, you'd be done. <laughs> but um, so uh, Superhero Court is going to be Dave's little hack. And so if you want to be a superhero or villain or person suing said superhero or villain, uh, come down and join us a little bit later tonight. Um, I'll probably be down there. Yes, these people will be in that game. I will be in that game. And you can be in that game. So, yes. And involve my second costume change <gasps> of the weekend. Yes. Do you want to tell them or do they have to come and see? You've got to come and see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, no spoilers then. So uh, tomorrow morning, uh, FYI, we have our game design kind of morning. So at 9 o'clock, if anybody's interested, we do a lean coffee, which is a structured Q&A thing, which we, we all make the Qs and the As and kind of like discuss game design stuff. So if anybody's interested and able at 9 a.m. on a Sunday to get up, that's what we're going to do. That's like... An hour. That'll be down at Games on Demand. Um, and then uh, at 10 o'clock, it's open for playtesting games. So, again, we've already got all these game designers there. So they can jump in and kind of, like, run these half-assed games that they keep making. And, Why did um, you look right at Christopher when you said yeah. that? <laughs> He's not lying. I've got a binder full of half-assed I, I, I say it that way, but the, there, are so many, there are so many designers here that are crazy prolific. It's awesome. Right? So, it's like everyone is a game designer now. It's and like the everyone is doing awesome with it. it. It's it's brilliant. It just amazes me. So that's one thing. And then uh, finally, if anybody has any little kids in the audience, uh, Sunday at 2, we do our games on demand for kids. So like 8 to 12-year-old age. We've also got older kids that come, sometimes even younger ones. Um, but we have a couple of our trusty GMs here who will come and run a couple of games for them. So uh, thanks, Chris and Rob and all the other volunteers who come by, Ryan, who's out there, and myself, of course. Um, but we can handle probably like four or five tables worth of kids. Sure. Yeah. We've been getting about two, three every time. There's some so. regulars that come, and they always want Rob. They, I mean, Rob's dreamy. Yeah. But uh, – <laughs> He, he also he also runs the Witch Academy game. He runs so the like, Witch Academy game. Yeah. Um, but uh, one other thing with uh, that, like I've I've gotten feedback from a couple of them where their parents will come up to me and say like, 
this is their favorite event of the con. So that kind of like warms the heart. But uh, yeah, that's all I got. Thank you, Tom. One last thing about Games on Demand, in in 100% serious, Tomer does a super amazing job of providing a super safe and encouraging space for people to try stuff out and play games and just be cool. Like, here, here. My kids get a little older. I would have no problem letting them play in a game down there without me even being present, for sure. <laughs> well, I know. Yeah, I'm not saying use it as a babysitting service. We're I'm not saying, babysitting, but you're not not saying that either, are you, Dave? <laughs> you you could charge. You know. <laughs> Uh, any more games uh, in the morning on Saturdays? Any more Saturday morning games? Yeah, come on up. Nope. It's Mo. It's Mo. Uh, my second year in a row, I played a really fun game called Lighthearted. Um, and uh, this time I played a outcast who had to stop a car-stealing fairy from jumping a bridge. So That computes. Like you do. Yeah, it was a good time. It's a PPTA game about um, growing up. It's set in uh, kind of the 80s. Um, it's kind of the 80s without all the drama. So, um, you know, um, it's kind of like a John Hughes film. Um, and, you know, there are all these, like, gods in the world and people. Uh, we were going to Magic College and we were freshmen, and um, you know, just getting over our geeky high school years. Okay, there you go. Did Kurt awesome. die in that one too? Um, Kurt did not die. He was jamming, but um, <laughs> he, he was he was re- he seemed to be really upset about something. <laughs> now we know what. Thank you. Yeah, it was really weird. Kurt was jamming. He just kept fucking deputy. You need to fucking watch the fucking fireworks. Watch fucking fireworks. So I actually played in Lighthearted 2. Lighthearted as well, not Lighthearted 2, the return of Lighthearted. <laughs> just when you thought it was safe yeah. to let light back in your heart. Um, can confirm he was a little bit bitter and sad. Um, but one of the interesting things that, that I had never played Lighthearted before, and, and, and usually like we've seen a proliferation of like games set in the high school years and stuff like that, and, and, and I asked Kurt about this because it's specifically the way, at least what we did started your freshman year of college. And I'm like, look, man, between June of your senior year of high school and September of your freshman year of college, you undergo this metamorphosis where you do not give a fuck. Like, 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 like the, your interactions with authority changes completely. And it, and it's, it's a different dynamic from a role playing standpoint. And I'm like, why? And well, he said, because I think it's creepy to do the sexual relationships with high school kids. And I was like, okay, that's fair. But, but, but one of the. <laughs> But but one of the interesting things about it, though, is all of your the background and the shared experiences that you have with the characters at the table is stemming from your high school relationships and is based on your high school relationships as you move on to another part of your life and try to try to break those clicks and break those foundational um, the ways that people label you. 
in high school as you're moving on to college. So it is like a, a sense of metamorphosis. And I hadn't seen that before, at least in like written out as such. And so I thought that was very interesting. So people, if they want to explore it, can itchy.com or whatever. Like, where do you get it? Yeah, yeah, fucker, come here. Yeah, yeah. Hi, hi, I am back. Uh, yeah, I wrote Lighthearted. Uh, you can go to uh, Kurt Potts, K-U-R-T-P-O-T-T-S dot I-T-C-H dot I-O slash Lighthearted. Uh, then you can find it there. I know it's fucking long. I'm going to check it Or go to KurtPotts.com and you'll fucking find a link on there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that might help. Uh, so, yeah, so I wrote Lighthearted because I wanted to be able to to revisit those 80s movies and all those 80s TV shows that I loved without all of the, like, weird racist shit that just, like, pops out at you. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, like, you're watching Bill and Ted, and then, like, something really homophobic comes up, and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, so I, I want to be able to tell those kinds of stories without all of that bullshit. And so a lot of the, the book is talking about tone and how to manage, like, look, this is not our 80s. This is This is our 80s so whatever stories you want to tell in that style that's what we're gonna do um also i aged up to college because i think fucking games where high school kids get it on is weird <laughs> um yeah it's not okay a table of grown yeah 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 but a table of adults being like oh i'm 15 uh no thanks i'm good no x thanks uh yeah but uh definitely please check it out and it's I, I don't know if it's necessarily PBTA, but it does have some leanings there. It's got the variable, variable success kind of stuff, but it is it is closer to World of Dungeons than it is to Dungeon World, if that makes any sense. So, uh, that's Lighthearted. I actually ran it twice. Do you want to talk about my afternoon game? Sure, quick. Okay. So, in the afternoon, I also ran the sa- I, I ran Lighthearted again. Uh, the, in the morning, I ended up with five players, and I got uh, we kind of had them stagger in, so character creation took like two hours. So, we only got to do like an hour and a half, so we did like one scene where, like they said, they chased down a fairy who had stolen their car uh, and like insulted her until someone decided to punch her in the face. So that was really fun, but the the, the afternoon game, uh, I got like three players, and so we got a little bit more like into their relationships to the NPCs that they generate. So by as part of the rules, you generate a bond, which is basically you give me an NPC that I get to play uh, throughout the thing that you are already attached to because you made it up. Um, and so I, I got to play on those a little bit more. They also went and rescued a bunch of pixies who were being like animal tested on at the mall. Uh, <laughs> Um, because it's it's eighties game, so it's got to be in the mall. Um, so yeah, so it was that was that was really fun. We spent a lot of time at their drug dealer's house, which was a good time because uh, it's college, and right. that's like detention is the drug dealer's house. So There's time and place for everything, and that place is college. Yes. All right. <laughs> but that yeah, it it went really well. Three players definitely sung uh, with that game. So, but yeah, excellent, Kurt. Kurt, you've run this a couple times on the Happy Jack stream, so if someone wants to see it played live, you ran it for our Rainbow Railroad Charity Drive last I did. Year. I, I ran it for the Rainbow Railroad Charity Drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was still an earlier edition of the rules, but the setting is m- pretty much the same. Nice. Um, something big that we noticed during that that uh, version of the game, something I would change and actually did change for this version, is uh, early versions of the game were based on Savage Worlds. And so the hindrances that you got were written as if you were meant to play into them. Like a Savage Worlds hindrance, you're supposed to be like, oh, I picked the dumb character. I'm going to be fucking dumb. Uh, and, and that's like it wants, the game wants you to do that. But this game wants you to try to grow past that. And so now it's written, this isn't you. This is what everyone thinks about you. And if you lean on that, 
I'll give you a banny. But if you try to fight against it, you get some XP. That's cool. I'm a fan of games that do that. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much, Chris. Uh, any, any more uh, Saturday games? Saturday morning. Saturday, Saturday morning. morning. Somebody. Somebody. Hi, Mary. Hi, again. Uh, so this morning I was in a Vampire Requiem game run by Luis Garcia. Because um, if I see a game that he's running, it has an opening, that is the game I'm playing. Um, and it was a continuation of... The a chronicle he actually started like two years ago. Uh, it was an all vampire band touring the country, and honestly, because of player choices, we have a track record of breaking things terribly. Um, this time we broke Oklahoma City, um, and uh, it was really <laughs> we found ways. Also, I had to tell the entire table about the fact that there is a chain of like gas station stores called Come and Go. <laughs> Um, just like the entire table had not heard about this and i was like i'd say you're missing out but you're really not (laughs) um and it was an interesting game because uh i've played enough that i kind of know the mechanics well enough to occasionally catch things where he's letting the players get away with things we shouldn't because he doesn't think of a detail and i caught myself telling him that a couple of times it's like wait a minute, aren't we really screwed because of this thing we just did? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. And then, you know, we're screwed. Um, and I did it a couple of times. And it was I was thinking about it later. I was like, no, because I go into his games and I know I'm going to break things. Let's break ourselves, too. In fact, I made the second worst choices at that table. Um, and I had a lot of fun with, one, the fact that he was able to completely and totally roll with my very poor decisions. Um, and two, the fact that the whole table was really just kind of embracing bad ideas, best idea, or at least best story. Cause they really weren't good ideas. They really weren't good ideas. Um, and just, if you are a very creative player, I really recommend if you get a chance to jump into his games or anything else that's run by, um, Oh shoot. Dead gamer society. Uh, cause he, he's attached to that. And anybody who's a storyteller from dead gamer society is awesome to check out. I think they even do like meetups and stuff down in orange County. If you are Southern California local, uh, to check out and you're interested in either worlds of darkness or chronicles of darkness. Um, but yeah, super solid game. And I'm realizing I'm having a lot more fun occasionally working against myself in games. Um, so I suppose fair warning to anybody else who runs a game <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. James. Yes. So I actually got up before nine o'clock for a game today. Woo! That for me on a Saturday is is saying something, and it happened to be by this new game designer who's local to around here. Um, it was the game called Decima. And it's the first time I got to play it. I've heard a lot about it from watching the podcast and some other things, but I finally got to play it. And for once, I played against type, and I actually played a preppy who had a rich family and was playing the black sheep, as opposed to the smartass that knew everything and could answer all the questions. So that was a blast in and of itself. Uh, the mechanics are really sound. It's a very easy game to learn. We created a really interesting urban fantasy world, and... Um, the only thing that I would change, the one thing I didn't get the feedback from, is um, some of us older people need a slightly larger font and a little bit more contrast. 
That's the only thing so far I wanted to fix about the game. But otherwise, Are you bad. saying Kimmy's game is problematic? I'm saying that Kimmy's game has room for growth and improvement. <laughs> and I think the designer, since she's here, should maybe talk about her game. She did already. Oh. Did, didn't she? Oh, not on the actual podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not on this one. So. Don't. Robert. Don't touch anything. <laughs> Hello, I'm Kimmy. Um, Hi, Kimmy. Um, yes, I ran my game a bunch this weekend, and maybe we should like consolidate because I've run it back and forth like multiple times. Um, so if anybody who's played it in other time slots wants to talk about it, you can please feel free to come up now. Um, it's been really interesting because I've played it a ton, um, live streamed it, things like that. This is really the first opportunity I've had where I played it with complete strangers, which is uniquely terrifying. Um, <laughs> and uh, down at Games on Demand, where you like pitch your game, and you're like, okay, come play if you want. And then it's a little bit like dodgeball, where you're like, okay, uh, pick me. <laughs> um, and then it was great, because people did pick me. I was very excited. And there were so many players that like all the games got people, so that was really fantastic. Um, and it's been very helpful for feedback p- purposes, and just seeing like every time I've played this game, it's been completely different, which was kind of my intention with the design. But I, I just kind of always figured like, oh, eventually it'll fall into like routine, and I'll see like repeats of things, and that hasn't happened yet. Which is exciting and terrifying and great. <laughs> so yes, I'm. I think I'm done. Yes, talking. Anyone else <laughs> wants to do the thing? Yes, if you want to check it out, it's at goldenlassogames.com/dekuma. If you go to goldenlassogames.com, there's a big button right there to hit. So that's also a, a thing you can do. Does anyone want to talk about their experiences? No, anybody? Okay, that's fine. Well, the older people couldn't read it. (laughs) Okay. I have, like, the worst eyes of anybody I know. I just have a little bit wordy questions. We'll work on it. It's in progress. They're really pretty cards. They are very pretty cards. Saturday, Saturday morning, afternoon. Saturday morning, but get some other people. Come on, Clara. <laughs> Who are you, Clara, and what do you do? What makes you famous? That was very presumptuous of you. I assume I'm famous for something. No. <laughs> Hi, I'm Clara, and I don't know. Take your pick. Um, <laughs> famous for so many reasons. <laughs> oh no, I'm sad. Um, I actually played um, Happiest Apocalypse on Earth. Woo! Uh, I don't know, written by some asshole. You're not going to squeeze a plug in there? Do you want to bring you an applause card? Yes, please. It'd make it much easier. Written by some asshole. Um, second time I've played a Happy Jacks game at a, a certain theme park, neither of which has gone well. Uh, if you want to find it, there's an AP of 10 candles in a similar setting. That was fun. So um, it's a good game. I mean, it. It's a PBTA, so it's actually very easy to pick up, which I loved. Um, we did... Oh, God. How do, uh, building it was kind of interesting because there are these options for what what's the park like? What's the evil in the park like? And uh, they sort of all... You feel like they're going to go a certain way, and then they just don't. And so now when I have sleep paralysis, it's going to be a horrifying white manager 
like white suited manager telling me, thanks for being a pal because you don't understand. Listen to it. And this Chris is very, very good at making that voice. (laughs) Yeah. Did you talk about it already? I wasn't. No, uh, no, not yet. I was going to say it was uh, the the management of Mouse Park was organizing ritualistic uh, homicide in order to satiate the great mouse during the harvest festival and parade you know like you do right uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it got real real fast art imitates life yeah i was like i'm gonna break form and play a disney princess because that's or you know a Ma- mouse park princess because that's normal uh, yeah management wore yeah. all wore white suits and the one that they dealt with was named chad yes <laughs> and he was very clean cut very nice yeah, he was super thankful and like You're doing I mean, a great job. This is really swell. Hey, would you like to have ritual homicide? Well, that did happen once. It, he, it he did. He normally kept it pretty close to his vest. Yeah, and then he tried to stab us. Not you. No, that's true. I didn't get stabbed. <laughs> uh, I highly recommend listening to it. It's actually um, just the group of people we were with, and the um, particular setting is like the perfect circle of Venn diagrams of things I love, which is like. The things that you love from your childhood, and also, you know, Eldritch Horror, um, <laughs> ruining your childhood, like, you know, my favorite thing, uh, precisely. Um, but other like, mechanically, it worked out really nicely. We fucked up so many rolls. Yeah. We spent a good two hours not rolling well, and there were consequences, but it was never a moment where... That, it's actually what I love about PBTA, is there were consequences, but there was never a moment where it was like... Oh, we're not going to have fun anymore because we keep fucking these rolls up. <laughs> so everything, I, I don't know if it was just the system or the GM or our players, but we had a really good time just failing. <laughs> so yeah. That was uh, streamed, so you can oh, watch yeah. it. Yeah. I highly recommend listening to it because I like how I ended it. <laughs> yeah, at some point it will be up on the AP stream. All right, uh, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon games. Anyone else go? Oh, Tyler. Oh, oh, no, he's already coming up. No, let him, let, yeah, let him come up. Oh, he sat back down. Woo, right. fake out, Tyler. Yeah. So I ran a D&D 5e I'll game today, uh, this morning. Based, It's a follow-up to a game that Bill ruined seven or eight years ago. <laughs> where, Yeah, where I had to tear up a giant mat that they, uh, they uh, trapped a demon under a house instead of following it through a portal like they were supposed to. Uh, and so the demon came back, wanted some revenge. Angels called the party assholes several times. <laughs> Uh, Bruce was there and didn't ruin it. So I was amazed. He did several times ask me, is his mouth open? <laughs> That's pretty much it. It's, not, it's, okay. it's D&D 5e. What, what can you really say about 5e? Angel's blood is amazing. And it makes a great manicure. Andrew? And go. Yeah, so uh, Saturday morning I played in some more Malice, and for the first time, this was the first game of Malice I played that we did not win. Uh, The other three experiences I have in Malice, we both succeeded in fighting the darkness and the event, and this is the first one that we just, we fucked it all up. We, we, We didn't make our rolls, and it was really interesting to see the other possible outcomes to Malice. Uh, it was a really good group of players. It was a really group, really great dynamic between all of the roles. 
And yeah, uh, you can't win every time, and sometimes a giant monster lives in your sewers from now on. All right, awesome. Any more Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon games? Yeah, Jim. Who are you? What do you do that makes you famous? You haven't talked yet. Oh, I'm Jim, and I'm famous for running this fucking thing. Yeah. I'm hoping everybody's having a good time from all the hoot and holler, and I thinking that they are. Um, but uh, this is an actual oddball one. This afternoon, I played the, for the very first time Pathfinder Second Edition. I went down over to Pathfinder Society, and they were running one-hour demo adventures pretty much all day. Uh, and my my buddy and I were, you know, wanting to fill an hour, wanted to fill an hour, and uh, so we decided, hey, let's go try this. Well, it was such a good experience that we actually joined Pathfinder Society, and now probably going to play at least one game every con. Um, uh, second edition is impressively streamlined and good. Um, and the, the little intro adventure was literally just like explore this dungeon. And I've never seen so many fine trap checks in my entire life because they're like, <laughs> it was just a series of 20 doors. <laughs> That's all this adventure was. It was like, it's literally a series of 20 doors, one trap and a monster at the end. That's it. <laughs> uh, Literally a one hour, just like doodle, 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 ah, hack, walk away. That was pretty much it. Um, but the, like I said, it, it's literally 3.5 with all the bullshit taken out of it. And um, one of the things that I really liked about the system is that one of the things that I really dislike about D&D is that margin of success on a roll never really matters. And you, and if even if you manage to hit somebody like in the eyeball with like a really high – unless you roll that natural 20 – it's useless. The new system, if you beat the TN by 10, you crit. Um, you get three actions. And they're, yeah. I guess you can polish a turd. <laughs> you Dude, there's nothing wrong with GURPS, man. Um, uh, but I'm just saying... It was like the very first time I've ever had a really positive uh, situation in an organized play area, uh, and I was really impressed how how good John Merricks, who is the head of uh, uh, Pathfinder Society here, uh, trained his people to really be very inclusive, very open, and very welcoming to new players, uh, to attracting new people. Um, and that's one of the things that I've always found to be kind of difficult about the gaming industry in general. Uh, you walk into a game store, a lot of times it's sort of like the, the, the in-group, and it's hard for you to muscle your way in, or you get chased out, or... The, or, or you're playing a game and you're playing with a bunch of people that have played it forever and you make a mistake and everybody just beats the crap out of you. Didn't have that kind of experience. It was really, really nice. Uh, it, when I said, whoa, 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 wait, can you explain that? They just stopped everything, laid it out for me, and I, I, I really felt like they were really trying to sell me on that game, which is how I got sold. Um, but uh, And at, in the end, I actually ended up winning like a, like a, a free copy basically of the PDF of the base book. Uh, so every, one person at the table always won something, and it was a roll-off, too. You had to roll a d20, highest roll got it. Um, but, uh, yeah, a lot of really good stuff here when it comes to that kind of organized play. Uh, and it, there's more to RPGs at this convention than just my department. Um, there's also stand-up RPGs or LARPs, as other people call it, and Pathfinder Society and Ventures League. So uh, I know that this is really, really fun, but I highly encourage you to just walk around and maybe try some of the other stuff uh, that's going on here, especially if you're like, you, you miss out on signing up for a game. Uh, but more seriously, one thing that I really wanted to note, look, you motherfuckers, do not walk into my rooms and sign binders that aren't on tables that are supposed to be signed up. 
Do you understand me? You do not just walk into a room and do what you want willy-nilly. You don't own this place. I do. <laughs> Spicy Jim. I like it. <laughs> you know, everybody knows, see the size of this table? It's very small. It's white man penis size. It's tiny. <laughs> All right. I love this so, table. It's a very nice table. But I, I, trying to put more than four people on this thing to do something is very difficult. So when when Stu doesn't want to go, <laughs> no man, did, did we already no? And and let's. When I walked in here, there were six people around this table crowded up trying to play a game. Um, That's so, because like we're professionals, and whatever the size of your table will make it work for us. Now. <laughs> I heard this table was a good size. <laughs> we always, always enjoy ourselves at the table. <laughs> yeah, that was a good. So, but I don't know where the prostate would be on this, but whatever. Um, the metaphor is lost. Uh, we love just, all you do for us, Jim. We appreciate. No, it. I'm just saying. Look, guys, there are rules, and I have to enforce them. Don't make me be mean. Thank you. <laughs> let me let me just Don't say make that Jim make fun of the size of your table. <laughs> let me just say what what he's talking about is we basically had our own sign up book here, and people knew we were going to be having games and knew when they were, and they found out which room it was in, and they were coming in here and signing up for for games in the book. That's a compliment. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And so, we're super, super happy that that happened. So we're actually talking. Yeah, we're 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 actually going to try to figure out a different way to do this because the whole reason we run games here is so that listeners to the podcast can come in and play games with us. Yeah. So we're probably going to start having like hosts on standby. Yeah. Rather than actually scheduled, so that we'll be able to open the whole table up. Yeah. So it ended up playing. being a very happy accident that, like, kind of revolutionized how we're going to end up doing this. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you got in a game, don't feel bad. Come back again. <laughs> yeah. Just make sure it's okay with Jim, though, because yeah. he's scary, motherfucker. <laughs> That's fine. I give the permission to come on our table. It's fine. <laughs> oh. Once again, she don't own this shit. I do. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, it, uh, any more Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon? Yeah. Mo, come back up. Wow, that's a hard um, thing to follow. Oh, that's, <laughs> it's not my. It's not my thing. <laughs> um, so I played also in a uh, weird. Like crazy game that I heard about uh, six months ago at this con called uh, the Great American Novel. I know that one. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I heard they did Jaws. Um, <laughs> it was an amazing Jaws episode. I mean, it was great. Yeah, but nobody dressed up like Quint, so it's bullshit. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we we kind of freestyled it, so we didn't do a book. We kind of wrote our own, and it was so surreal. Um, it wasn't about the dice. It wasn't about combat. It was so much about storytelling. It was kind of uncomfortable. And we got to a place where we told a story that uh, I've been thinking about for the rest of the day. And I know I'm going to be thinking about for days to come. Um, it, it, 
you know, I've been gaming for, what, 35 years, and it was almost transcendent. So um, I'm going to see if I can figure out how to run this game because I'm like, you know, want more of it. And, uh, you know, uh, Chris lives on the wrong side of town. Um, But, uh, yeah, it was was really, really awesome. If you get a chance, um, check out one of the uh, non-novel or movie-sponsored Great American Novels. Thank you. Thank you, Mo. Who are you, and what do you do that makes you famous? Stand back there. Stand back here. I know. I don't want, I don't want that to happen. I'm Brian Suskind. I'm a designer for Kobold Press and Storm Bunny Studios and a bunch of others. Um, Jim, the book was in the room unattended. I really don't feel that's our fault. He signed up for two different games. But then I then told me I had to. Then someone said I had to erase it because Jim would yell at me. And I went, oh, I don't want that. Um, We're glad you did. Oh, well, thank Not you. Not erased it that you signed up. That's oh, okay. Good. You know, I, I figured. Well, you both, really. I don't want to throw uh, – I played Decima this morning. I just want to throw out another pitch for that because, really, it's probably the best game accessory that I've seen in years. And if you haven't played it, you need to just bug the heck out of Kimmy until she runs it for you because it is amazing. And then uh, this afternoon I played Spirit of 77, and I haven't played – and I haven't played a lot of, of uh, Apocalypse uh, systems, and it was a riot. I mean, Chris was in it, which was, it was okay. But, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't really remember you. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, it's the only game I've ever played where I got to be an ex-professional surfer turned kung fu bounty hunter. And I, I feel it's a role that I was born to play. I mean, let's, <laughs> let's be honest. As a, you know, as a young Jewish man in New York, that was what I dreamed to play. And so, really, that, no, it was great. And and so, thanks, to, uh, Dave, for making it because it was it was a lot of fun. Stork is riding on a bag, so I'm not quite sure. Oh snap! Oh! How do you know how it feels? You are welcome. Stork is watching at home now, and he's really excited, though. Stork's watching. Shut up, Dave. Stork. Uh, I made him an applause sign. Uh, you want to come up? Oh, why in the hell did that happen? Because <laughs> I found a pen, that's why. Thank you. Howdy. Um, I got to play back-to-back with Tyler's game, which was fantastic. And I was like, are you sure you're not tired of me yet? Um, the second game was Dead Presidents, which is... Kind of a sur- surreal superhero Woo! game. Thanks, I have never played something quite like that. Yes. yes. <laughs> Relaxed throat. And it, um, but he used it in a new system called, um, what was it? Tiny Supers. Tiny Supers. It was a really cool, streamlined little game. In my wine. Uh, Tiny Supers is Gallant Night Games. Tiny D6 system. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um we got to deal with secret mind control Casios coming from the White House under the orders of Vladimir Putin. And um, each one of us played a dead president who got superpowers after stepping out of office. I played Granite Grant, um, Ulysses, Ulysses Grant, who had the powers of granite and fires that could burn down Atlanta. <laughs> 
And the look in Tyler's face was pretty precious for it looks, of it. He looks pretty resigned no, now. So, uh, this time I decided to let the, the tiny, tiny D6 is such a simple, easy-to-use system that I decided to let the players make the characters at the table. So I had no idea what they were going to create. And I knew, I was like, if they create a fire super, that, that that's going to be a, a bonus on one of their fights. If they're going to create you know, a mind control super or something like that, that's going to be a bonus in one of the fights. What I did not expect was Andrew back there <laughs> playing James K. Polk, Polka Polk, <laughs> who controlled reality through the power of Polka. We saved democracy with the emergency broadcasting system and Polka. <laughs> It was it was fantastic. Really great players in that game. And I just want to comment. Halfway through the game, Bruce was behaving pretty well. Twice. Halfway. Twice in one day? Right? And then I was in the bathroom washing my hands, and I heard Bruce saying, they keep making fun of me, so I'm going to give them the full Bruce. Oh. Uh, and that's where Lyndon really B. Johnson, B, stood for baby arm. Well, <laughs> so, no, 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 that's not where that came in. That came in. So, anybody who is uh, a fan of presidential history and facts about presidents knows Lyndon B. Johnson was immensely proud of his penis. Yes, yes. To the point of pulling it out during interviews and being like, look at my dick. (laughs) So, of course, Bruce played Lyndon B. Johnson. And at one point, Bruce was making jokes about it. No, he didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God, no. Had to write floss. (laughs) At one point, Bruce is making jokes about it, and I said, Bruce, what does the B stand for? And he makes a couple of comments. Casey says something else, and Forrest turns to me and goes, baby arm. (laughs) (laughs) But Bruce did sit there going... Yeah, then he kept flopping his arm down on the table to be like, hey, guys, this is my particular But um, the system's really great. Um, Gallant Games, and I would highly suggest it. It's not as crunchy as Hero, but what is? <laughs> and it's a little bit more detailed than Masks, which I think is a little bit too fuzzy, but I felt it to be a really good balance between the two systems. Check it out. Woo! It goes to me first. Who are you and what do you do that makes you famous? I already answered this bullshit. <laughs> so actually, while, while Tyler was busy fucking up, uh, Tiny Supers, I was playing here at Strategicon with the person that created the game. Yeah, so eat it, bitch. You had Bruce. Yeah. No, actually, it was funny. I had Bruce and Casey. Yeah, you failed at life, buddy. You're never coming back. Um, so Alan Barr. Yeah, so, yeah, so actually, so at last oh, minute... I thought you meant the guy that told me he invented dead presidents. No, 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 no. The actual creator of, of Tiny Super. So it was... Forget the X card. It was interesting because because I, I had mentioned that, that Tyler was also running it, and he's like, yeah, like at the last minute I got a ticket to this con, like they paid me to come out, and I'm looking and I'm like, wait, that's not my game. Why, like, and he, he actually almost accidentally grabbed your clipboard to take into his room just because nice. he saw the, the thing and then he realized that, that it was incorrect. But I'm actually going to say that it, it's an interesting system. And as I was talking to people around, I came, I came up, like, the way that it feels to me is that if you're going to start with kids, this is the, the system to start with. Absolutely. It's super easy. We actually had a kid in the game. And, and, and the ki- it was, yeah, well, Megan's Law expires. Oh no, that's not true. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, no. no. Sorry, my apologies. Yep. 
X card. Yeah, that I toned. I toned. I just said, I get toned. ready. Yeah, I toned. Sorry, that's my bad. Mea culpa, mea culpa, mea super culpa. Um, so, <laughs> so no, but but it was interesting because because the kid the kid like kept whispering to his dad, and the dad's like, no, 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 tell him. And the, the ideas coming out of the kid were great, but it was all laid out there on the character sheet. They didn't have to think about it. They didn't have to do math. If you roll a five or a six, it's a success. Like, it's just super simplistic, and I think that I think that you take that, you, that's your starter, you build it on with, like, Powered by the Apocalypse, where it starts introducing, like, the mixed results and stuff like that, and that's, it's, like, the perfect intro game, and it really impressed me from that standpoint. So, there you go. That's all I gotta say about that. Oh, and he did a better job than Tyler did. <laughs> All right. I'll fight you, Rob. No, no, I won't. Because if I win, I'm an asshole. And if I lose, I'm an asshole. What? Yeah. Tiny Games and Kids. Oh, I'm supposed to plug. Oh, I should. I, I want to plug. Uh, tiny. I do tiny the uh, well, tiny dungeons for kids, but they still want Rob's table. Not you, but the other Rob. They're hard, the dreamy Rob. Yeah. Um, and and I, I can't do anything about that. I don't think that has to do with the system, though. Nope. But Tiny D is great for kids. Tiny D6. <laughs> See, I, I was in... Uh, yeah, I was in the uh, Dead Presidents game, and it was a blast. Um, actually making the presidents at the start was probably one of my favorite experiences, because, you know, you can show up to a game and have the six, you know, sheets, and you pick... But we were going through and being like, which president can I break? Yeah. Oh, Rutherford B. Hayes. What can I do with him? Damn it, Hayes. And, and, and we all found, I, I saw Polk. I thought Polka. I'm like, done. But we all found different and to various levels of political correctness, uh, presidential ideas that we could turn into superpowers. And despite the tone, uh, Tyler also has the, the subtlety of Jack Kirby, and that subtlety is for cowards. <laughs> I was, we were one step away from it being a New Gods game and Baron Von Evelstein showing up. Um, and he actually said, you know, I, I thought about making this game, you know, politically agnostic, and I thought, fuck it. Well, it, I was talking to someone uh, on, on Slack about ideas for the game and how, how I was going to run it, and I said, it's been really difficult for me lately to keep my personal politics out of things like I create like this. And uh, Bill Roper says, then don't. <laughs> so I didn't, and the game was fucking amazing. We were attacked by 30 to 50 feral hogs, um, and we didn't even have assault weapons to defend ourselves. <laughs> Right, so if you need to kill 30 to 50 feral hogs in three to five minutes, just get superpowers. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> you don't need um, an assault rifle. It, so I've, I've been listening to the podcast for years, and I've been hearing Bruce and Casey stories for years. And then I played in this game, and one of the solutions was, why don't we just crash this plane into the White House? <laughs> and that was an hour and a half into the game. And I thought, I immediately buckled. thought when he said that, I was like, Oh shit, we're gonna end super early. <laughs> like, well, time to poke my ass off. I have competition. But no, it was a wonderful game, uh, and I'm so glad that I got to play in it. Thank you for being there. Thank you. Okay, we're, we're getting l real low on time. It, one or two more, and then we're done. Yeah, Adam. Adam, Adam, you want to do it? 
Adam. Who are you and what do you do that makes you famous? Uh, hi, I'm Adam and I uh, I heckle uh, Happy Jack's podcast. Um, actually, I'm... What? Oh. Tell us more. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm like a superstar at Happy Jack's. I'm super important. Oh, Very you're the big abs deal. guy. Very big deal. Yeah. Clockwise Court. Yes, right, yeah. Clockwise Court every other Wednesday. Um, anyway, uh, no, I, I was really excited. I uh, had my Kaze cherry popped today. So, yeah. Um, I... <laughs> Oh, well, this is about playing games. Oh, no, totally. No. Uh, no it sounds like games were played. <laughs> so, sorry. sorry. Uh, no, um, uh, on stream today, uh, this is the only game I'm going to get to play at Con. Uh, but, but I got to play Bedlam Hall, run by uh, the brilliant creator, David Kazay. Uh, it was fantastic. Um, uh, was in it, as well as Chris and Paul, who left. And. Uh, Fix my dick. Okay. I love that Adam keeps it classy. (laughs) (laughs) Too much? I'm good? Okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, listeners. I just get in a rhythm and I just don't know how to stop. So I'm going to narrate this. Stu just plug the mic back in. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, thanks. Um, anyway, God, where was I? Um, oh, yeah. Cherries. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, so uh, so finally got to play Bedlam Hall, which I've been dying to play uh, since uh, since I heard about it. Um, it's a fantastic game where you play the uh, really unfortunate uh, um, downstairs staff at an English manor just after World War I um, with some very odd family goings-ons. Um, so it was just – it was a fantastic experience, wonderful uh, – it is basically like Downton Abbey Cthulhu, um, yeah, with some like, yeah, yeah, um, super creepy and a little weird. And I got to play a butler that was amazing and fun. And uh, so that was uh, that was the um, that was my experience this afternoon. Uh, so it's powered by the Apocalypse game. Uh, it was lovely and wonderful, and we had a fantastic time. So yeah. My, All right, so what? Just real quick, my favorite mechanic in Bedlam Hall as a game is that every player character gets a secret, and every other player character tries to find out those secrets in order to use them against each other. Oh, cool. Um, so it has this sort of built-in mechanic where you're trying to curry favor with the family and screw up all the other servants at the same time. And the, the secrets are just super fun this time. I had a really good time with it. My secret was my character was completely blind. Um, and, 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 and no, no, I was the valet. But uh, I was, uh, I, no one, I didn't let anyone know that I was blind. I'd learned my way around the manor and could kind of fake it. And uh, during the game, it was really hard for me because I purposely tried to not make eye contact with anybody. 
So, like, if I was talking to someone, I'd be like, hi, Stu. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> so you're like the, the guy that played Daredevil. Yeah. Like, about that convincing. Yeah, well. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So where's my, so where's my twenty five million dollars for playing this game? Way better American accent, though. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, but yeah, the the secrets are just a fun mechanic that kind of builds on top of the the PBTA baseline. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. Uh, so we're we're at an hour and a half, right, Kimmy? All right. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna call it. So thank you very much. Thank you everyone for. Well, y'all. Can I do one more thing? No. Super quick. Super you quick. already did one more thing. No. What are you, Steve Jobs? Oh, yes, because this is gonna be good. There are a bunch of people here tonight that are first time folks coming to our live podcast. Yes. And I just wanted to recognize everybody and say, come up here so you can get on the stream for a minute. If you didn't talk, even if you did talk, I don't give a shit. Oh yeah. If it's your first time. Come Absolutely. Because you're awesome. Come on. Anybody? Come on. Who are you? Uh, Topher French. Hey. Nice to meet you. Thanks for coming. Yeah, Thank you absolutely. For coming. Hannah Thompson. Hey. Thank you for coming. Hey. Thank you for coming. Davio. Thank you, Davio. I know you. Hi, uh, Brian. Brian. Thank you. <laughs> Big hand for the newcomers, please. Hey. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, so thank you for joining us for season 25, episode 4? 5? Port of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. Definitely. My name is Stu. Chris. I, think. I am good day. <laughs> I'm Tyler. I'm Kimmy. And a live studio audience. <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll see you next week, Friday, 8 p.m. Pacific Time, happyjacks.org slash live. And that's it. Bye bye. Oh. Show me the way to go home. <laughs> Tired and I want to go to bed. I had a little drink about an hour ago and it went right to my head. You can always hear me singing this song. Show me the way to go home. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>